This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated for mature audiences and may contain adult language, adult situations, and frank safety discussions. The names and certain details have been changed to protect the safe and the unsafe. But believe me, every item in here is true. One of the things we try to do here at Safety Wars is to have frank and open discussions about safety issues. The total recordable incident rate today on Safety Wars. This month's Professional Safety Journal had an article entitled The Statistical Invalidity of the TRIR as a Measure of Safety Performance. It was written by Matthew Hallowell, Mike Quashney, Rico Salas, Matt Jones, Brad McLean, and Ellen Quinn. This article is on the total recordable incident rate. That's one of those statistics you need to record that's mandated by OSHA record-keeping requirements. It's used to set insurance rates and assess moral hazard externally, and it's often used by managers to judge the safety performance of their people. As a review for us, it measures accidents and incidents that are more than first aid. That's a great statistic if you know what its limitations are, which this article does a pretty good job at explaining. One of the main problems is that it treats all incidents and injuries other than a first aid case the same. There is no de minimis category, there's no serious category. A laceration needing sutures is counted the same as a corneal abrasion needing prophylactic antibiotics. It's all the same as a broken bone, loss of consciousness, and everything. Good managers and organizations will look for the details behind the number and not just the number. Here are some of the serious limitations identified in the article. 1. There is no relationship between fatalities and the TRIR. 2. It's an almost random event for an accident to happen and a fatality to happen. Therefore, it's extremely difficult to develop trends. It's not precise. Number 3. Number 4. It is being used to reward random variation. Number 5. It's predictive only in extreme long periods like years, decades, and maybe a century, I don't know. So if you're an organization that uses this as a running statistic or a leading statistic, it's baloney. Number six, it does not represent anything really. So how have I seen this used by organizations? It's like that darned zero accident, zero incident, and zero illness sign we see everywhere. If the number is not good, this TRIR number, this holy grail, it's usually four with the organizations I deal with, anything more than four, you're a bad contractor. You're an unsafe company, and you're blacklisted. If you're a manager at a huge multinational company, it's used as a baton over the head against contractors, employees, and everyone else. I have companies and clients that I work with that say, well, we're going to have a zero TRIR, or we're going to have a 0.5 TRIR. They end up having an accident seemingly random at the beginning of the year that may not have anything to do with the work processes. It may be someone getting a paper cut and then it not being treated and then you end up needing antibiotics for it. That has nothing to do with the actual product that you're working and guess what? Your TRIR is ruined and the whole organization gets pressure applied to it. At the end of the year, those managers have their bonuses, their promotions, their annual reviews all thrown out the window 
and it becomes a very uncomfortable situation for all involved, and as we all know, Gluvno rolls downhill to everybody else, and it makes it into a hellish environment to work in. What's the incentive in this type of environment? The incentive is to lie, is to cover up, commit insurance fraud, otherwise they're ineligible to bid on certain public and private projects if you're the contractor, and guess what? Your insurance rates go up if you're a company. And also, your career is impeded if you're that manager. What does it mean for us as safety professionals? It means that we build that brick wall around ourselves. We're viewed as a bunch of liars, fraudsters, and enablers of a dysfunctional system. Safety is seen as smoke and mirrors and baloney. We are seen as dishonest, which impedes all the other types of stuff that we are trying to achieve, like a safe, positive workplace with some safety leadership and everybody being happy. How about enjoying our workplace, enjoying going to work? So what do we do about it? I doubt the laws are going to change. However, our response to these situations and how we manage them can be changed. Let's be honest, ethical, and everything else that goes along with a good working environment, a safe work environment. Let's look at the limitations of the TRIR and have frank discussions with management on what these numbers mean. You might be surprised they may have a newfound respect for you because you're a straight shooter. If you work with a psychologically safe organization, push back and show the managers this article. And there are many other articles, and you could also direct them to this podcast. I know I'll be sending that to my customers today. You now have a choice. I'm giving you this information. What do you do with this information? For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM.
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.